Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Bubble Hour, where real people tell real stories of addiction and recovery. This is Jean, and tonight's show will feature a conversation between all four co-hosts of our show, Ellie, Amanda, Catherine, and myself, about the year that was and the year to come. So, hello to each of you ladies. Hi, hey, Jean. Jean. Hello, hello. It's been a while since all four of us were on the air together. This is pretty exciting. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we're going to all speak to our personal experiences, but first I wanted to start off tonight by just taking a moment to look back on this past year of our show. So we've had some amazing topics and insightful guests. We've learned some great lessons. We've had some goofy hiccups that happened, and uh, we've experienced incredible growth in terms of our listening audience. So, Catherine, do you have some favorite moments or lessons from the past year on our podcast? I do. Um, so when I was thinking back on favorite episodes, I two that really stuck out to me were the willingness and ego episodes, and those actually had the same guest. It was um, Chris who uh, was on the willingness one, and then he's the one who inspired the conversation around ego. And I think, you know, one reason that those two episodes stuck out to me so much is that a big part of my growth in my recovery this year, um, it just expanded in terms of the amount of active engagement I was taking. So I was thinking back in 2012, I got sober and that was largely about just getting honest. And I was very involved in an online group and I sort of dabbled in uh, recovery meetings. And then in 2013, started attending recovery meetings um, regularly, sort of building up to now where I attend pretty much daily. Um, and in late 2013 was when I started working with somebody on the 12 steps. So 2014 was when I got into the meat and potatoes of it. And I just I want to comment that you know there's there's lots of different roads to recovery, but I sort of feel like, you know, it's got to be something active, not a passive, um, I don't know, not not something passive that we just say, okay, great. And for me, just stopping drinking wasn't really enough because what I found is I got really lonely and agitated and I just, I was still stuck with all of those, this old stuff that I was drinking over and I was in therapy, but wasn't really enough. So for me, you know, taking action to address um, address address all of that underlying stuff has really been essential. And but I was afraid of any kind of recovery program. And it turns out that the twelve step model is an excellent fit for me personally. Um, I'm a real spiritual seeker, so this is you know this 
that I've built designed for living um, really works for me. Um, and I, but I think I had a, a lot of fear that like uncovering the stuff of my ego and doing some fearless moral inventory, as they say, around that, I, I thought it was going to be the shame hour. Like, I just thought I was going to be, you know, like, sit there. <laughs> Sorry, the shame hour. That's know. our new subtitle. The bubble hour. The shame <laughs> yeah, hour. Yeah, the new shame hour. Like, I just, I just thought, like, I was going to be made to feel bad about myself and I was going to be humiliated and I just, I was really afraid and you know, the truth is, like, the shame came from inside of me, not from other people, particularly not a group of people who self-proclaimed primary purpose is to stay sober and help other al- alcoholics. Um, so, you know, once I just sort of plowed ahead with the fearless moral inventory, which is kind of that whole thing that Chris was talking about in the willingness and the ego episodes, um when I did that and looked for my part in my resentments and sort of in my past, and I found that was, this was in about February of this past year. Um, I, I found what my part was, which was, you know, trying to be perfect, um, not letting anybody in, not connecting with people, just not making myself vulnerable. Um, and, and plus the trends that I had already sort of intellectually uncovered, particularly in therapy, like um, being a martyr. And I, I knew intellectually some of that stuff, but it hit me like a ton of bricks when the truth was revealed in the patterns of, you know, looking at this in a very structured way in the 12 steps of like, you've got to let people in. You know, no more, no more hiding out, no more, you know, brittle exterior, not letting anyone in, not asking for help, not sharing your feelings. And I'll tell you, that messed with me really badly. I mean, I think I remember we had an, because I did that on a Saturday and then we had the show on a Sunday and I sort of faked it on the show a little bit because I was, I was reeling for about six weeks four to six weeks and I would drag myself into meetings and I was crying all the time. And I'll tell you what, I was furious. I was furious because my old way of living wasn't going to work anymore. And that was clear, but I didn't trust this new way that was being shown to me. Like you're going to have to share from the deepest part of your soul. You're going to have to ask for help. You're going to have to feel your feelings and let other people experience that with you. Um, I was really, really angry, and uh, and I remember one day sort of dragging myself out of a meeting and saying, oh, well, I still feel terrible, and I heard this voice in my head say, well, you know, these meetings aren't working for you anymore, so you probably should just, just stop attending. And it was like I somebody snapped their fingers in my face, and it was like I woke up, and I knew that that was the voice of my disease. That was my ego saying, you don't need all these other people. We've been fine on our own this whole time. It was like, you know, Smeagol and Gollum in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be with them. Like Smeagol was my precious. And, my precious. and I, right. yeah, I snapped out of it and I didn't get better right away, but I 
then I had about two weeks where the voice in my head was saying, I give up, I give up, I, I surrender. And I was like, I said to my therapist, what, what is going on with me? Like, I, what do I want to give up here? I want to give up life. And I didn't want to give up sobriety. But what I realized, and the minute I realized this, <coughs> remember when I said I cough when I get nervous? See, I'm like clearing all the full energy. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it. As soon as I realized what it was, it was my ego saying, "I surrender. I'm, I'm, I, I give up. I'm being overrun by all of these people in sobriety, and I can't fight it anymore." And the minute I realized that, I was, I was fine. <coughs> now I've still been trying to learn how to share and connect with people, and that's still been a process, but I haven't struggled with it. So that was kind of very defining for me in 2014. And those, and, and I have to say, since Chris is somebody that I know personally and is in my recovery community, he actually was smack in the middle of all of that. Like he witnessed that personally. So it's kind of just interesting that maybe that's another reason that I'm associating um, those episodes. Mm. This is Jean and Catherine and I live – across the continent from each other here but i we spoke on the phone before a show i think it was before the ego one and Catherine, i remember being so worried about you you sounded so exhausted you were in the middle of doing that fourth step and i thought how are you even going to do the show you sounded like you had i i just envisioned you like dragging your mournful self through the streets of your city in tattered clothes (laughs) yeah well that's so beat up So yeah, those episodes was, really hit really at the right time. Up. Yeah. They really did. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, I I do feel that, you know, God does for me what I can't do for myself. And that was mm-hmm. that was definitely um that was definitely a case of that. And then sort of fast forward in sort of September, October of this year, <clears throat> I was having is really feeling overwhelmed at work, like it's a tidal wave of work and I can't unhook from it. And we did the perfectionism episode, which was me down to the ground, you know, and I, I had this realization that I've shared before, which is if I'm not perfect, then I'm incompetent. Mm. And I thought that was a, you know, sharp realization, but I didn't know where to go with that. And I'm like, I don't know how to improve this. So I did some more 12-step work, around the work situation. And I was mad. I mean, my ego does not like 12-step work. My ego does not like recovery work. It wants to do things its own way. It really does. Like, I, And I get angry, and I have the nicest, sweetest woman that I work with on all of this stuff, and she's so compassionate. And, um, and But I just get furious. Like, what is this stupid exercise going to do for me. It's not going to change. I work for a 60,000 person multinational corporation. Like it's not going to change. Well, that was true. It didn't change. Guess what did? Me. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And so like, if you picture like my claws in my work life, like slowly they one at a time came out and I don't know you guys, it's been like a miracle. It was sort of in fourth quarter in the business parlance of this year. I had this magical kind of freedom 
in my work life. I mean, the tidal wave was still coming at me, but my need to be perfect and to respond to every email before the end of the day and, you know, do everything myself and do everything perfectly. I just, just by doing that activity that took about one hour on a, on a weeknight and I was, I kicked and screamed and cried and I was not happy. And even when I finished the conversation with her, I thought, yeah, this isn't going to do it. This is stupid. That was a waste. <laughs> but you know what? It almost, like, almost immediately I saw a change. Wow. So I guess this was this was my – and it's funny when I look back on the schedule of our episodes because we had the codependency and the perfectionism episodes, like that all kind of played in to what I'm talking about there. <laughs> So mm-hmm. this is Jean. The codependency episode had a big impact on me because I never even looked at anything to do with codependency because I misunderstood what it was and I thought it had nothing to do with me. I thought I thought codependents were the spouse of an addict, like an enabler is what I thought codependency mm. meant. And so in prepping for the show, uh Amanda, I think, produced that show, and and so she sent us all some information, and I was reading it, and I was like, "Holy mother!" I yeah, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, when you kind of feel your chair move, and you're like, "Oh, this is a, this is this is going to change things for me." Um, mm-hmm. That yeah. that was a really, really powerful, um, uh, well timed, well timed lesson for me to to be involved in that show, and and it. it profoundly uh, impacted my growth this year, profoundly. Um, just, I mean, I guess we can't learn enough, right? As you said, Catherine, like, yeah. we can never really get just to, we can't really sit still in recovery. Like, the, we just have a hunger for learning, and it really, I think, fuels our our growth and, and keeps us, keeps us sober. And, um, man, that was just like a slingshot for me. That moved me over a lot of things that were I was tripping on. And, you know, another episode How did you I really... Feel... Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was no, going to no, move on, so say... ask me yeah. <laughs> about that. No, I was going to say, you know, what were some of the, like, what do you feel like you were able to change? Is it is it sort of, does it feel broad brush and it's hard to pinpoint? Or is there anything in particular that sticks out? No, it's specific. Like, I really couldn't understand why I was bumping up against certain people in my life that I love and that have been good to me, but, and yet I still was kind of encountering some frustrating patterns. And um, and I thought, well, I had a happy childhood. I was loved. I was good. So I didn't even look at my childhood. And yet when you learn what codependency is it and, and how it really is um, a kind of a coping style that we learn, um, it, it kind of caused me to go back and, and look at uh, through some of those relationships through that lens, and it really helped me heal and change my strategy. And like you say, like no one else had to change; it was me that had to yeah. quit walking into the same wall, right? <clears throat> and mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. um, it just it 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 just changed a lot for me, and. Um, and this made me realize that a lot of the things that I thought were um, my strengths were hurting me, you know. And we talk about these things a lot, like the perfectionism and the people-pleasing. And it really, a lot of that really comes down to that codependence piece of sort of 
um, defining yourself as others see you and only like caring how you appear in the moment, not in a superficial right. way like is, am, I, am I pretty today, but okay, who do I need to be to fit in with these people around me? And how, like, it's a survival kind of, I guess, that we learn. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and now mm-hmm. I'm really, it really made me realize that I have to figure out who Jean is to Jean, not who I am with my parents, with my siblings, with my husband, with my kids, not who I am in all those roles, but really get back to that, that girl inside of me and just bring her forward and, and be really authentic. So that was that was a huge growth piece for me. And really, I, I set out on that show to just sit back and listen to Amanda talk about her codependency. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that poor Amanda. She's so screwed up. Let's all listen. Let's all listen to her. Yeah, her mess. Right. <laughs> We don't have enough time on one show for that. <laughs> oh, God. Thank God we're here every week. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I'll, I'll fill in, too, that two of my – I loved every episode we did and every guest. Like, you know, I, I used to work in uh, some local television productions, and I used to do interviews um, of local people every week, and sometimes it shows were just kind of – you know, like sometimes people weren't, just weren't comfortable or whatever. And so I kind of came, got involved with the show expecting some weeks will be better than others, some guests will be better than others. But honestly, like every single person that comes on this show is amazing and helps me. It's a knockout. Yeah, because they're telling their stories from their heart and we can all relate. And it just, it blows me away. And sometimes when we're doing a show and I guess, depending on what our role is that night, whether I'm the one producing or not. You know, sometimes we're kind of watching the clock, we're watching our outline, we're sort of thinking about the, the making the show happen. And so then when I listen to it the next day and I can just straight up listen and really pay attention on it with my whole brain, it's amazing to me how I I hear something more. And so I always, I mean, I listen to every episode a couple times and it's, it really is amazing to me how great everybody is that comes on here. It's great, yeah. Absolutely. And can we also talk about just our our listeners too? Because you know, I think I'm just I'm looking at the stats here. So in December and early January, December 2013 and early January 2014, we were averaging like eight or nine thousand listeners a month if I'm looking at this right say 10,000 a month by by January and now we're at what like over 30,000 yeah yeah that's unbelievable so I just I feel like thank you for everybody who's listening and that's that means people are talking about recovery more and you know hopefully we're reaching people who are you know, thinking about it and have questions about it. And we hear from a lot of people who say they identify with us. And um, I feel like that's so awesome. Yeah. It is. It's staggering. It really, and the emails that we get and some of the comments we get on our Facebook page and things, it just, it will never stop. Amazing. This is Ellie, amazing me how, um, you know, that we're all 
virtual strangers that kind of come together on this internet thing that's and uh how similarly we feel and that power of the me too factor and understanding how we feel and we're just so grateful mm-hmm. for all the feedback that we get from from everybody so thank you for that yeah that, one one this is Catherine and like one piece of feedback that i just want to specifically call out cuz i mean we get we get emails and stuff from people who say how it's impacting their recovery but one episode that was really challenging for me and Jean, you produced that one was on sober first and we knew we were going to have to talk about sober sex and we were all a little bit, you know, nervous and giggly about it. And as we were preparing for the show, I said, well, you know, some of us have a, a trauma background and, you know, sexual abuse. And so sex without alcohol actually has this whole other layer of being uncomfortable and, you know, I just sort of said, all right, I got to take one for the team because, you know, what if somebody's listening who says, oh, my God, me too. And um, But I was nervous about it, and I thought, oh, God, like, I'm going to say this and, you know, whatever. I can talk about it in therapy, but <laughs> it's another thing, that, you know. But um, some people left some comments on our, on our uh, website just, sort of noting, like, thanks for saying that or, or whatever they said. And so I just want to say, whoever wrote that, thanks, <laughs> because, <Yeah. laughs> you know, you, you guys, you know, my my co-hosts were, were all so thoughtful and generous and really, you know, reaching out and making me feel held. So it's not like you guys left me feeling out there, but to hear from some people out in the, you know, virtual world, um, I just want to say thanks. It makes a difference. It really does, especially when, you know, we we talk sometimes to the to the guests on the show before we do go live. We talk about, you know, when we when we, a lot of times the conversations kind of veer to where they're organically meant to go as we're as we're producing the or airing the show. And sometimes after we complete the show, we 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 encourage people to sort of circle back and touch base because you can we talk about like a shame hangover. I mean, it's it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to talk about things that are personal and and keep it appropriate and keep it in balance and so every time a listener or anybody shares a little bit piece of themselves with us we greatly appreciate it and it really helps uh, sort of strengthen our resolve and the fact that um, keeping this dialogue going is such an important thing and and um, that you know not just for the people who are listening but for us that we're not at all alone in how we feel and in the things that we share yeah Yeah. absolutely this this is Jean and I I uh, was really touched Catherine when you when you um shared on that episode and uh it took me back to an earlier episode I believe it was either self medicating I think it was or do a dual I was going to say that it was for you and Jean with anxiety I talked about anxiety and I also shared yeah. that yeah. I have a, a form of OCD called dermatillomania which is uh, it's a scratching and picking and I I shared a little bit about about having that and that was a really hard thing for me to talk about because it's again a shame based thing you know you're kind of embarrassed and mm-hmm. and uh, and yet as it turns out I I did some research and it's a, it is a common um uh ailment or a common diagnosis w- among people with addiction I guess because mm-hmm. it is sort of an anxiety-related thing, and that we we you know try and self-medicate these things, and as a result of talking about that, not only has it gotten easier about for me to talk about that, but I've gotten 
I get emails like almost every week I get emails. I would say I'm probably 50 or 60 emails this year from other people that have it. And um, so, you know, you're not alone. And I certainly, you know, I I, I hated to do it, and yet I really believe that. You know, they say it'll help somebody, and I I think it might help one. I thought, well, maybe there's one person listening. But, you know, there's lots. And the more that we are able to to break down those shame barriers and and talk about it, I mean, it, it comes back again, right? I mean, was able Absolutely. to help someone else, but then that that helps us heal too. So Absolutely. that was that was a really special moment for me. And one of my favorite funny moments of 2014. We we have a lot of laughs on this show, considering we're a bunch of sad sack alcoholic losers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda makes me laugh. Like she just comes out with these funny things that she says and. Like Amanda's like the serious one that actually helps us keep our act together, and she's like the wizard behind the show in terms of keeping the board going and getting people on the phone and posting things. And and uh, everybody does their share. Ellie does an awful lot too, but uh, Amanda is like just kind of comes off the wall with these things sometimes. Anyway, I was I was sharing about this beautiful recipe of putting ice cream into tea one night about um, I think it was what do I drink if I no longer drink or sober toolbox, something like this. We're talking about about ice cream and tea. And Amanda just pipes up and says, I would never do that to my ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda is like not only in love with her ice cream but fiercely protective of it and uh Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> every time I, I dig into a box of ice cream I think of you, Amanda. <laughs> oh, Amanda you. When, when you said when you said on the perfection, I think it's a perfectionism episode. When you when you said not only was your perfectionism at work, but you also you were like, oh, I did it at home too. For example, I rebuilt my fireplace. On <laughs> <laughs> like, my own Christmas <laughs> I am I am out of my league with this woman. <laughs> Yeah, I totally let all those things go, but that was my old. Yeah, well, no, I'm still a. I'm still. Yeah, I I work say, hard at not tr- being a, a perfectionist. It's show. Yeah, you haven't let them all go, but you're better. <laughs> I, Amanda, what moments stand out for you on the show this year? Oh my God, there's so many, and I'm not good at like pinpointing a show. But um, so I was thinking about this, and I was like, Oh God, you know. You know, I'm not going to get this right because I'm not going to be able to say a specific show. But so, um, because it's kind of like sharing at a meeting or sharing um, from the podium at a recovery meeting. It's it's kind of like, uh, to me, I feel like you know I share and then it, and then it's like what what the hell did I say? I don't you know I don't remember. So sometimes it's hard. It it disappears because I think um, you know there's so much. Um, I don't I don't know. You get wound up. I wouldn't say anxiety anymore. I don't really have anxiety about being on the show. Um, but <clears throat> you do get wound up, you know, we hang up from the show and I don't know about you ladies, but it takes me like a half hour before I can fall asleep, which is not really fun on a Sunday night, but um, you know, like we were talking about with the listeners, um, you know, it it's all worth it. And um, so some general thoughts about it. One thing is I love that, um, you know, what you guys were talking about with, you know, sharing different things, um, different moments. And I've loved 
getting to see each and every one of you, myself included, like find have your own revelations on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by something that someone else is say is says, you know, like there's there's times where it's like, Oh man, I have the bubble hour tonight, like I'm running around like crazy and it's kinda like going to a meeting. I always feel better after being on a show because, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what the topic is, whether I think I'm gonna relate to it or not, I always do. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like when we prep the <clears throat> the guests that are going to be on the show, we always say, you know, no matter what you say, you're going to help someone. And, and and that's true. And I love that about the show. And I love, you know, I often feel um, very inferior um, because I'm just not a polished speaker. And, you know, you guys definitely ha- are all gifted speakers, and I feel like, you know, I'm not, and, you know, but I, I've learned a lot from being on the show. I'm, you know, there's sometimes there's, you know, people who will comment um, something specific that I may have said, and it's like, you know what, even if I say I'm a lot or whatever I do, you know, I let it go because no matter what I say, it applies to me too. So that's like a good learning thing for me. Like I, I've learned to give myself some slack, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which has been, so that's one of my re- revelations, but... um yeah, so the shows where, you know, I've seen, I was going to mention the um, Perfectionism show, and that that time, it, what you were both talking about, Catherine, I've seen you have some major res- revelations, and Jean as well, um, with the, the it was definitely the, the show on the self-medicating, where you really um, shared about that, and the more I thought about it, I, I kind of, I, I forget the, the, I kind of have that too, Ellie can tell you, I've picked at my fingers my entire life my boyfriend slaps my hand um because i i it's so it might not i don't know what if it's to the same extent but it's something that i've i've done too it's it's um mm-hmm. it's definitely a, a self-soothing thing that i'm you know until you said mm-hmm. that i wasn't really aware of um mm-hmm. so we all i love that we all have our own revelations on the show and that i see each of us growing on each show and i also love that um you know there's some shows that I, that you know like you were saying about the codependency show uh you know like oh i'm just going to kind of sit back and you know listen to what amanda's going to say about her codependency <laughs> there's certain shows that you know that will topics that will come up and i'll say oh, i don't i don't know that i really relate to that and, you know, one, you know, we were talking about shame resiliency, and I was like, oh, you know, I don't really feel a lot of shame because I have zero shame about being an alcoholic. But then as I thought about the topic and as as I was listening to the people on the show, I'm like, wow, I hold a lot of stuff. I really, you know, just kind of skim by that stuff, and I don't acknowledge the fact that there's a lot. I've had to deal with that a lot, so... I, I hope that makes sense, and that's actually something that we talked yeah. about on the show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you had a really good I'm not on that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I just, I, um, I just, I love that we learn something each week, and we grow, you know, grow so much, and you know, and we get to help people along the way because that's that's um, the coolest thing. So, you know, to me, like our listenership growing. I just think it's great because it, that means that we're reaching that many more people and hopefully they're, you know, getting something out of it, you know, even if it's just getting through the witching hour, 
even if the topic doesn't relate to them, you know, it's it's something, you know, the more people that are listening, it's really not about, you know, having the most likes on Facebook or anything like that. It's about, you know, reaching people, and I think that's really cool. Um, and also, it's just been really neat for me. I, you know, Jean and Catherine, you were both new to the show at the beginning of the year. It was actually, I think, November when you started co-hosting of um, yeah. 2013. And it's, you know, it's kind of like two new co-hosts all of a sudden, and it's like, wow, you know, how's this going to go? And we've yeah. we formed this friendship. We've gotten to know each other. And um, I've known Ellie forever, and you know, you know, I just, I, I, I just love you, ladies, and I just think it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really been great getting to know you and um, changing myself and seeing you guys change. It's just been a really great experience, and I just love doing it. Me too. And um, the laughter. I love that we laugh, and I love when we have goof ups because it's just, it's, it just, we're real. <laughs> You know, sometimes there's technical things. It's totally stressful at the moment, and I want to rip my hair out. Um, last week, was it last week when I had no internet and my phone was done? You know, it's like, oh my god, really? And then, you know, and then we get everything settled down and we do the show, and you feel better after the show is over. So, yeah. you know, we have our share of hiccups, you know, but I, I think that also lets people know that we're just real people, and I think that's cool. And as far as, like, um, all of our guests are amazing, and I also, one that always sticks out is Dr. John Kelly is just, like, the coolest. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, when you guys come here, see if you can meet him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we love that. He's just, yeah, he's, um, I mean, we've, we've had so many great guests. I just think about, like, Scott and his craziness and, you know, just Can we talk so many about that guests. moment of Scott at the end of the fun, ep- sober fun episode and he has that, oh my God. like, that little horn and, <laughs> and Gene's saying, or whoever was closing is saying, and, you know, thank you for being with us. I'd like to direct you to the Bubble Hours website, blah, blah, blah. Good night. And we hear... I mean, Scott and Mrs. D, I think, you know, and shout out to Mrs. D and her blog, Mrs. D is going without, um, you know, she's helping so many people down in New Zealand and, and around the world and they're, they are both so sparkly. Mm-hmm. Those, mm-hmm. those are two guests that stick out for their joie de vivre. Yeah, definitely. Uh, although, like, it's almost hard to pull any one person out because every single guest contributes enormously to the show. And um, yeah, I mean, some yeah. people definitely stand out because they're such high energy. Or Dr. Kelly is, you know, he really gave us a lot of solid information that that we can all really grow on and and such a positive uh, outlook on things. But you know, sometimes it's the person that's just telling you about, I don't, we know whatever our topic is, and they're just sharing their own personal experience. I'm like, wow, that is profoundly what I needed to hear today. And yeah. it's amazing. Um, you know, I want to bring. I just thought of. I just thought of something else that, um, especially for people who are listening, a lot of our topics are from suggestions that we get from 
um, either people will send them in or we have an online support group. And I have to say, like when you were talking about the codependency, I we all know I read uh, Melody Beattie's, um, oh my God, why, Language of Letting Go. I read that daily meditation every day and it's, uh, it's for codependence. And so I had volunteered to host that show, but I didn't know what I was getting into either. When I read it, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, wow, hit the nail on the head. Okay, there's, you know, you dig into that, and that's the answer to all your problems from all your life. Like, so the topics that people suggest to us, you know, we'll take a topic, and, you know, we do research on it, and, you know, we, you, everyone knows we're not professionals. We just, you know, we're looking up literature and sharing it with you and then sharing our experience with it. But, I mean, we learn so much. I mean, the topics that have come up, it's, it's you know, for me, it's made me dig into places that I, I wouldn't have known to look at, you know. I, wouldn't, I didn't realize how much of a codependent I was and how much it was impacting my life until we did that show. Yeah, that was, so. that seems to be, it's almost like it's great to have a kind of an assigned topic every week. I mean, I, I would almost recommend that to our listeners that, you know, if you listen to an episode, then maybe if it if it hits home for you, get on the computer and look it up some more because we're sort of forced to do a little bit of research every week in volunteering for the show and it's, it propels, it's definitely for all of us, I think I'm hearing this resoundingly, is that it, it helps fuel our recovery. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Ellie because, you know, Catherine and I joined the show uh, in late 2013 in order to give Ellie a break from her uh, very, very heavy involvement in all this recovery advocacy so that she could take some time for herself and work on her own recovery. So, Ellie, um, you came, we were so excited when you came back on the show. Mm -hmm. It was just like, Oh, it was so so wonderful for so many reasons. Not only because we were really excited to host with you, as as both of us are fans of the show before we joined it, but also because we were so happy for you that you were feeling strong and ready to come back. So, I just want to ask you, like, just to reflect on that. What was it like to be away from the show? What was it like to come back? And what was your first episode like? Oh wow! I've been quiet listening to a lot of, to most of this show because I'm actually I'm feeling pretty emotional listening to you guys. I have a real lump in my throat, and uh, you know, it, it just to kind of briefly continue on the theme of like favorite moments. I struggled with thinking about what I would say, and and it definitely ties into my absence and then return to the show. But I'm just sitting here thinking about this. The, sort of the origin of the whole thing and this kind of madcap idea I had one night when I couldn't fall asleep and I want to give a huge shout out to Lisa, the um, original co-host with me because it was her concept of having a bubble of protection around ourselves when we're sober and what sorts of things we put into our bubble to keep us through the hard times that we get from day to day and she would post funny little pictures of a bubble with candy bars and her dog and all these. And, and I just, I had the idea of a podcast and my mind went immediately to Lisa at her bubble. And um, I called her and I said, I have this crazy idea for a podcast and I want to call it the bubble hour. And that's your idea. What do you think? And she just jumped in as only Lisa can do with both feet. And I think our first episode that we recorded is a half an hour of us kind of giggling on the phone, just not even really thinking it was ever <laughs> going to go anywhere. I mean, it really, it was like, look at us, we're having a little podcast that a couple people might ever hear. And 
I had, you know, neither of us had any clue where it would go. I was getting emotional listening to um, you guys talking about Amanda and her pivotal role now because I can remember begging Amanda <laughs> to be pleased part of this, and she would only do it from behind the scenes. She would only help me with a technical piece of it. She's like, I cannot co-host a, a podcast. I'm not articulate. I don't have good ideas. You know, I can support you and I want to help you, but I, I just, this is not something that I'm comfortable doing. And look at her, look at her now. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. she's a shining example of, um, first of all, never say never and never tell me you can't do anything because damn it, you can. <laughs> and mm-hmm. how how much this show has helped all of us kind of blossom as people. And um, you know, that, that ties directly into my journey with it. And I really reached a point in the fall of 2013, I completely burned out. And the bubble hour had actually become kind of a burden for me. I was so burned out on, on life and on everything that it wasn't something I even looked forward to doing because I, I felt so worthless and so full of shame and so full of fear you know, I was sliding into a relapse. I didn't even know I was heading for a drink. I would have sworn up and down that I wasn't. Um, I had bitten off way more than I could chew. And I, you know, back to Catherine, I really related to what you talked about with ego and, you know, the things that we've learned on the show and in and, and growing in our own recovery. You know, I kind of thought that I had to be the center of everything, that everything had to bottleneck through me. You talk about perfectionism and control. I, you know, all the while I would have babbled on and on about how I'm not a perfectionist. I don't need control over things. I, but, you know, I had my hands just wrapped so tightly around the wheel of everything. And, uh, you know, so when I first went to treatment last November, you know, I'm kind of just, I, I kind of let go of it all. I sort of free fell away from my life. And uh, the fact that Catherine, that you and Jean were able to step in the way that you did and and uh, not just, you know, step in, but really the, in my absence, I was thinking about it as you were talking. I mean, I, I pretty much was gone from the show. I might have done one or two episodes in the early part of 2014, but I was gone from the show for nearly a year. I mean, I, I left in November, and I came back this past September. And uh, to watch the three of you grow this little crazy madcap idea that I had into what it is now and the people that you've reached and the way that the three of you come together as a, the way you complement each other, the way you're different, the way you're the same. I mean, I'm, I'm really staggered. I mean, there's no other word for it. And I don't think I'd ever pause to reflect on this until I heard the three of you talking. And my heart is just, I am, it's overflowing with gratitude, really, really and truly for all three of you and guests and listeners and, you know, whew, I'm just, you know, I don't find myself speechless very often, but I, I kind of feel that way tonight. Um, but to return to the to the question about, you know, the leaving and, and focusing on my recovery and um, I, I think of all the things that I had to walk away from, despite how burned out I was, the bubble hour was probably the one that I worried about the most. It's the one, it's kind of the, the baby that I cared about the most, even though I knew I wasn't taking very good care of it. Um, but I had to completely 100% just let go of everything. And I couldn't be in touch and find out, you know, how are things going and who's going to be the guest and what's happening here. I had to completely cocoon myself into um, treatment twice, 30 days in the fall and then 90 days again in from March to June of this year. And to be quite honest, I really 
I really didn't think about any of my outside life for for the, that period of time. And when I came back in the spring, I gave myself the summer to just kind of reacclimate to my world. And um, it's by far the hardest thing I've ever done, walking away from my life as I knew it. And, uh, oh, my God, all the things we've been talking about with, again, codependency, I thought that meant people who help people drink. You know, I didn't I didn't understand mm-hmm. how codependent I was. Um, I didn't until I could dive in and do, um, as all of you have talked about, sort of like the work behind the drinking, the drinking being a symptom of underlying things that I had to look into, like anxiety and depression and certainly codependency. And it was a year of shedding masks for me. Um, and when I came back to the bubble hour, I didn't. I don't even think of myself as a co-host of the bubble hour. I think of myself as a friend of Jean and Amanda and Catherine. Aww. You know, I don't... <laughs> I've really had to build myself back up from from the very ground um, without any predisposed notions of who I used to be. And I'm, you know, I I really feel kind of infantile in all of this right now and humbled to the idea that I'm even here, present in my life with my kids, that I even get to continue to participate in something like this, to be part of such an incredible group of people. Um, both here on the show and in recovery in general, the, my family and friends that have rallied around me, the really difficult boundaries I've had to put up. Um, pretty much every show that we have done over the course of this year has had direct application to the work that I'm doing. And every single time we do a show and I get the, we get the feedback and I hear what the three of you are doing in your own recoveries, it strengthens mine tenfold because um, – you know, as as all of you were talking, I'm just nodding my head. Nobody can see me, but I'm just nodding my head that I uh, I'm I work really really hard on on um, being humble, on humility, which I used to confuse with humiliation. I think I only thought that personal growth could come from sort of shaming myself or making myself feel really badly or, or looking at the ways that I'm doing things wrong. And uh, I have learned the importance of self-care and self-love and self-compassion and giving myself those gifts before I can give them to anybody else Um, and being able to do that without, you know, just really, really listen to my ego. And my ego tends to talk to me in ways of of, um, being worse than. I don't know if that, how to even explain it better than that, but we've talked on the show about how you can feel like you're the better then and you can you're the best or you're the worst and my ego tends to put me at the bottom of the pile and that is my disease yeah. talking to me so the things that we've discussed on the show have really been part of helping me build that back up and and feeling I'll, I'll end with talking about how coming back we, the first show I did was the show on relapse and telling my relapse story I won't get into all the details because you can listen to that episode if you want to hear it but um that that was hard that was hard. I had to really, I did a lot of meditating, a lot of praying before that show because I couldn't help it, but my ego was saying to me, who do you think you are? And it's it's my ego's favorite thing to say to me. Brene Brown, who we talked about on a recent episode, says that that's one of the loudest shame voices we have. Mm-hmm. You know, how could you possibly co-host a show about recovery, have two relapses, be gone for most of the year, and think that you deserve to be back on this show? And to be able to have enough healing under my belt to say, that's my disease talking to me. I have, you know, every single thing that's happened to me over the past year is part of my journey, and I will not shun any single step. That every single step that I have taken has gotten me to this day. I don't know where it's going to take me tomorrow, 
but to embrace those lessons learned as opposed to things to be shameful about and not think of life in terms of deserving or undeserving, but just to accept it just exactly the way that it is. And um, to be able to kind of like ease back into the bubble hour and feel so safe with you guys and feel so welcomed and and at home um, and so, you know, appreciatively teachable. (laughs) I feel like I learn from you guys all the time um, and not feeling any kind of sense of, of like, oh, you know, I mean, I, I feel no sense of, like, this all has to come through me and I have to be part of this, you know, ownership or proprietary feelings about the show at all. I sort of feel like this is this show is a gift to me. And, uh, you know, starting with Lisa and continuing with all of you and certainly with all the guests that we've had, I'm humbled and grateful for the amount of vulnerability and courage because those two things in my mind come hand in hand that have come from everybody who's been a part of it. So, you know, definitely... I can't really pinpoint. There's so many episodes I've listened to, but I haven't been part of. But it's it's all rolled together into one big. It's almost like you guys designed this entire year just to help me out because you know I'm still working on that ego thing. <laughs> we did that. We designed it to help ourselves and like other people get help in return. Exactly. I mean, that's the gift of recovery. Like you know, you create yeah. a little community, and so we get you know it's. It's two or three co-hosts and, you know, one, two or three guests on the line every week and we all feel like we're just talking and then we hear back from people like you said the exact thing that I needed to hear. And, you know, Ellie, like your willingness to share your story and even what you said just now is such a great example for, you know, anyone out there who's listening who said, oh, you know, I've gone out again or I just, I'm I'm really trying to get sober or, you know, I don't know if I, can can I go to a recovery meeting and not feel, I think I feel like I'm going to feel ashamed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, we're always trying to encourage people that like, you know, the recovery community is, it's all made up of people like us who are just trying to figure it out just by being honest and showing up and saying what's going on for us. And it's kind of like the opposite of the, you know, the codependency piece of it. I, I, Catherine, you said it very, very well earlier, but that, or maybe it was Jean, sorry, but both of you touched upon it. The, you know, trying to morph into the who I thought I was supposed to be, depending on who I was surrounding myself with, or trying to become somebody other than who I am for the pivotal relationships in my life. I'm, um, you know, the the recovery community to me is kind of the opposite of that. It's the place where I can go. And they can teach me how just to be me, you know, oh, by that's not so true. That's so you know, true. just to be able to mm-hmm, sort of peel mm-hmm. peel those masks away and have everybody say, you know, hey, st- we're you know we're still here because so much of those masks were they're my, they're my own creation. People haven't asked yeah. me to do that. That's just been something that I, I've always had to you know I did it because it, I had this perception of safety to be able to not have any of that and still have that feeling of safety. I've, I've said before, you know, I, I find with those people the kind of comfort and safety and acceptance and feeling of being part of that I that I used to try to fabricate with drinking. You know, I, I find it amongst, yeah. amongst people like you. And so for those people who have had some recovery and relapsed or who've never tried recovery before, um, you know, I, I, it is supposed to be uncomfortable because if it wasn't uncomfortable, it wouldn't work but it is by far the most worthwhile thing. And 
any any kind of feelings of worthlessness or not being deserving of something that is absolutely the disease of alcoholism or addiction talking to us. And it takes a lot yeah. of courage to learn how to ignore it. Definitely. But it's worth it. And I think, is it worth mentioning, too, that, that Lisa is still out in the world and she's sober and she's doing great. She's just very yes. busy with, uh, you know, family and, and a new job. And she's doing awesome and is still, you know, in our hearts. And um, so listeners would probably like to hear that, that she's Absolutely. sober and doing great. I she think is. we may be planning to have Lisa on an upcoming episode as a yep. feature speaker even. So, oh, yeah, yep. great. Yeah, I yeah. think we'll be hearing from her in the spring. And maybe all four of us will get to be on the air because we all want to talk to Lisa. Because we all love her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we love her so much. You guys, we, we um, uh, have all uh, at different times been part of this online recovery group, and one of the things that, that our group encourages us to do is, is to choose a word for the year as kind of our theme for the year. So rather than really digging into like big time resolutions, it's like let's pick a word for the year and let's try to apply that moving forward. Does anybody remember what their word for the year was for 2014? Ellie, did you have a word for 2014? I do. I had (laughs) one and uh, it was accept. Accept. And it ended up being a year of acceptance, that's for sure. I wasn't doing the accepting. It was being done to me, <laughs> but it still ended up being applicable. How about you, Amanda? What take was the your... victory anyway. I'll take yeah. the victory. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Amanda, what was your well, word? Well, I my my word um, actually for probably for the past three years or four years has been courage. Um, and actually, I'll give Ellie a little plug here. Her business, um, she Ellie makes um, this beautiful hand-stamped jewelry, and she made me a ring, I think, for my year anniversary. And it says courage on one side, and on the other side it has my sobriety date. And that's something um, that, you know, means a lot to me in a lot of different ways um, because, you know, it takes a lot, to me it takes a lot of courage to get sober and then it takes a lot of courage, you know, as you continue in your journey, it takes a lot of courage to face these things that cause us to drink. And um, and just everything, everything to me about recovery is, you know, just takes courage because, you know, you're, you're, you're going through the world without um, any anesthetic, you know, it's just with your feelings on the outside of your body and, you know, it's... Um, you know, it's not an easy process, but it's so worth it. And so I think of anyone who's in recovery or thinking about recovery as just being courageous. Um, so, so are you going to carry that word, word forward for 2015? Um, that or will always word? be my word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I also, this year, I, I also want to work on, and it really comes down to the codependency thing, is, um, is uh, let go and pause. Um, I really want to work on, um, last year was really hard for me, I guess, um, n- not so much in, for my sobriety, just as, as as much as it was for feeling my feelings and realizing that, you know, uh, really, I think I was so excited about being sober the first three years that I just kind of rode, rode that. And I, I had a lot of um, upheaval in my life last year. And um, I found that my serenity kind of went out the window for a little while, and I was very reactive to things. And um, 
And one of the things that I enjoyed most about getting sober is that I was like, I always felt like I had the serenity around me. And people would comment on it, like, how are you okay right now? Like, you, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I faced a lot of tough things. And um, I found that I didn't, I got through those things in this past year without drinking, but I found that I suffered more um because i was trying mm-hmm. to control things i was there was so much out of control that my um instinct to control was coming back um and so this year i'm just really working on letting go and getting back into that serene place that i had been in and also in part so part of that is also taking a pause at things mm-hmm. um which i think is something that's become uh, or had become very natural to me, but it, it was a little bit off kilter this past year. So not reacting to things so quickly, you know, letting things just, you know, flow as they should. And uh, that's the place that I like to be. And or, um, so I want to get back to that. So I'm going to work a lot on letting go and um, letting things unfold the way that they should. Just We're going to hold trust. you to that. <laughs> Ellie, what's your word for 2015? Oh, I my word for 2015 is release. And I, because um, I'm a dork and an academic, I looked it up and I loved the way it was described. It said to allow or enable to escape from confinement, to set free. Synonyms are to let go or out, to allow, to leave, to liberate, or to set at liberty. Also means to untie, undo, loose, unleash, and unfetter, remove restrictions or obligations from something or someone so that they become available for other activities. And I, um, I like that because there was so much of my life that was completely, you know, I like that word upheaval, Amanda. You know, it was just set on its ear. There were a lot of pivotal relationships, my husband and I separating that have changed a lot of things in my life that were removed from my life. And uh, there's been an evolution of that from feeling like a victim or feeling like it's been happening to me to be able to just, you know, it's akin to let go, but relief to me also sort of, it connotes freedom, you know, freedom from addiction, freedom from people-pleasing and shape-shifting and codependency and the only times that I really feel that sense of release are when I'm getting out of my own way and, you know, understanding that sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm somebody whose higher power is God, so God clears clears my path for me sometimes when I have built too many obstacles in front of it by trying to control my own destiny. And, you know, it sort of felt like he took his hand and swept a lot of things right out of my path that I thought I needed to survive, mm-hmm. and it turns out I didn't. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, there's a sorrow and a grief that comes with release, but ultimately I think there's a, a profound freedom. So that's mm-hmm. my word for the year. Thank you. Catherine? Do you have I am going one? with, yeah, I have picked one. I'm, I'm going with joy this ah. year. Um, and it goes back to something I said on a recent show that um, – you know, I've been in therapy for a number of years. Now I've been sober for a few years. Um, so I've got the my head starting to get sorted out. The step work and all of that stuff that I described earlier in the show kind of got my heart and my head talking. So that's all kind of moving in the right direction. 
but the last holdout was really my body. I still have um, trauma stuck in my body. I know that it's in there. Um, I just did some some yoga the other day and was like weeping because it just comes out of my body now. So I'm trying to integrate sort of body, mind, and spirit and really let myself feel joyful. It's something that I'm not sure that I know how to do. Um, so that this is my this is my year to kind of open up, integrate all of those things, and to you know open up to that. I love it. That's beautiful. I love it. My uh, this gene. My word for 2015 will be utilize. I have mm. come across so many amazing lessons, tools, uh, insights, people, um, programs, books podcasts and uh I just I want to make sure that I'm really using all of the things that I've learned and not just like sort of chewing them up and spitting them out. So uh, I, this word came to me the other night. I was I woke up from a I dream like and I had <laughs> I had dreamt that um someone that I uh I worked with for a period of time and didn't enjoy, let's say that. Um I had a dream about this woman who I did not enjoy working with. And uh, and had kind of a confrontation with her, and had a little bit of a uh, was treated in that sort of mean girl. You know those dreams you wake up and you're like, she's so mean. <laughs> and anyway, I thought, okay, Jean, you wrote a. I wrote a, a, a blog post on Unpickled a while ago about the drama triangle, and I thought, okay, Jean, let's apply the drama triangle to this. So let's rethink this scene you imagined with this person, and she's positioning herself as a victim and she's positioning you as uh, a persecutor or a villain. So how does the villain diffuse the drama triangle? And I had to think back through my blog post of of how that drama triangle works and how you get yourself out of these situations. And and I so this was at 5 a.m., right? Like I'm in menopause, I'm hot flashing, I have weird dreams. And <laughs> so now when I'm laying in bed at night, I can actually utilize all these tools that I have. So I think that's something I'm really going to challenge myself to do this year is is not to just sort of kind of persist through difficult moments, but really like, okay, draw on those tools and really apply them as much as I can. And I'm excited about that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, we are nearing the end of our time, and so I kind of wanted to give us each a chance to say if we had any resolutions for 2015. Uh, Anne Lamott, wonderful writer, um, recently posted that whenever she used to tell her therapist she was going to start a new diet, the therapist would respond, well, great, how much weight are you hoping to gain? (laughs) (laughs) Resolutions have a way of not only uh, discombobulating but sometimes backfiring on us entirely so um and it, it is nevertheless it's new year's and uh, i think it's just such a north american tradition we can't really resist it so i'm curious to know if any of you have resolutions or sort of broad intentions that you're setting for yourself in the new year or any great uh upcoming things that you want to share with us that you're looking forward to in the next 12 months ellie how about you you want to go first I have a uh, resolution never to set resolutions because <laughs> it's, it's like the it's like the you know the evil cousin to expectation for me. Right. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It feeds that perfectionisty piece of me. Um, so it actually is astonishingly hard for me to not 
set goals and have these grand ideas and try to go building mountains all the time. So, um, if you know, it's sort of akin to the word of the year is to keep it as simple as possible and un you know uncomplicated. And and to do that, I'm just I have to keep it in the day, and uh, you know hope that it my journey takes me places where it's meant to go rather than where I think it's supposed to go. Um, and the thing I'm looking forward to the most in the near future, since I don't think too far ahead, is uh, the four of us getting together and doing yeah. a show live. Yes. Coming up. I won't give too many details away, but um, to be able to actually, you know, be with you guys in person is something that I'm just beyond excited about. That is happening soon. <laughs> yes. That's wonderful. <laughs> Catherine, how about you? Yeah, so I don't I don't have uh resolutions so much as intentions. Um I want to continue you guys know me and my uh spiritual seeking, so I'm continuing my spiritual practice. Uh I've I've been doing some training as a Reiki practitioner, so I've got some more levels to go with that. Um and some creativity stuff that I've just been, you know, kind of procrastinating on and it's you know, it's time that that too has to come out. Um, the the body work that I mentioned, just the self care. I've been talking about that, about that a lot on the show. Of you know, just you know, humans have to eat and sleep and drink water. Like you know, I have to remember to do that in a timely <laughs> fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of some specific recovery work, kind of dovetailing on what I said earlier. Um, is I've got some amends to do and I have some my two biggest set of sets of amends are actually to people who died in 2014 um including my first husband so I've I've kind of have to get my mind and heart around how to attend to that and um that's something maybe I've also been putting off a little bit and Maybe 2015 is the year to take that on. Mm. That that mm-hmm. sounds like a, a something we should do a show on because amends is largely mysterious to a lot of us. So yeah. maybe maybe we can dovetail with the work you're doing this year. Yeah. See who we can great who we can learn share and learn from and share with. How about you, Amanda? What does 2015 hold for you? And do you have a resolution? Well, I, I I also am um, against setting resolutions because I just don't, <laughs> and I I just feel that every resolution is just something that I'm. It's not. I I don't know. Just having a specific thing, I just don't do that. Of course, I want I want to do some things, so it's not necessarily a resolution. But I am, you know doing things uh, as far as self-care, and I guess the biggest thing is, um, I guess, yeah, just 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 self-care, taking it easy, um, taking things one day at a time, and that, that um, that's hard for me. I'm a planner. Uh, my boyfriend teases me. He calls me planner. And so <laughs> I want to... <laughs> I really want to work on, I feel like I've been uptight, and I just want to relax and kind of go with the flow a little bit, which is weird because at the same in at the same time, if you know me, in real life, I, I kind of do go with the flow, but um, sometimes it's with the, uh, it's painful for me. So <laughs> it's different situations, but 
So um, I think that, and as far as things to look forward to, I am definitely looking forward to the four of us finally all meeting in person. Um, That is going to be awesome and hanging out. And I'm also going away on vacation, which is something I used to do every year going to the Caribbean. And I'm going on January 31st for the um, first time in, I think, eight years, something like that, seven or eight years. So I'm really looking forward to just unwinding. I haven't taken a full week off of vacation from work in about three or four years. Um, It's been crazy. So. Yeah, I've taken days and they've been like to like paint my house, you know, and rebuild you know, your I haven't mm-hmm. retiled the shower. Yeah, rebuild my <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to just completely checking out, shutting my phone off, and just completely That's unwinding. Good That's a good yeah. first step. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you I'll tell you something. I I do have a little kind of a resolution and I last year on our um uh this is Jean. So Amanda and myself and actually Lisa did a New Year's show last year and we talked about resolutions. And I suggested that I needed to make a resolution to swear less. And because oh. I sound very nice on this show, but I have a really bad habit of when I get nervous, which is 90% of the time, dropping uh, some real zingers. And not, not little ones, like like the big F one, you know? So Amanda and Lisa talked me out of that. They said, no, we, we need some good cuss words <laughs> to really liven up this world, so don't go quitting. But I became grandmother this year, and I'm trying to be a little more worldly and classy, and I... I dropped an F-bomb the other day, and it just went over like a lead balloon. It wasn't funny, and it wasn't cute. And I, uh, So, you guys, I'm I'm saying this. I'm declaring this to all 30,000 of our listeners. I, <laughs> Jean from the Bubble Hour, am foregoing the F-word in the new year. So we'll see how that goes. Wow. All right. I That's a good one. That. I have to say... <laughs> We'll see how Amanda that goes. will make up for it. She'll double her f bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you have a to keep the universe in balance. Say. <laughs> we can't have like a, ha- like a wormhole in the universe. I mean, there's enough f bombs out there. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate you saying the verb. I can maybe text you when I need to say one, and you can shout it out in my. It could be like my talk. We <laughs> We're here for you. Jean. Happy We're to help you with that. Uh, let me tell you a couple things about um, my recovery journey in the coming year Um, in terms of my writing uh, I I do a blog called Unpickled you guys hear me talk about it a lot here I am also uh, drafting a book right now which I don't know what I'll do with that but that's kind of just sort of sharing some of the things that I've learned along the way and I have accepted a position blogging for a new website called addiction.com and I'm wow, really excited geez. about that. That's a, an official official paid position, and I'm really excited to be doing that in the new year. So what this okay. means is that I'm, I'm slowing down in my work life. I was a total workaholic. I'm kind of semi-retired now, and, um, and it's, it's not easy for me. My identity was all wrapped up in work and success and power, and, you know, it's just my suit and heels was my armor. And now I'm really shedding some of that and finding out who I am and I think in my heart I've always been a writer and a communicator and I'm really leaning into that in my 
in my later years here, so that's really exciting. And my husband and I are going to be backpacking through Italy for his 50th birthday. And I I can't oh, even tell cool. you how out of my comfort zone this is because mm. I, like, I need my mascara and my crest white strips and my spray tan. And, I, you know, you can't fit all that in a backpack. So Good so for this you. Is really, yeah, this is a year of new things for me. And I dyed my hair red, and it's god-awful. And I have to fix it before we have our meet-up, or else you guys oh, we'll so judge you. Yeah. save my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there's a lot of exciting things kind of ahead for me, too, and not so much resolutions, but just leaning into change. And, um, I love and that. Just, yeah, seeing how that goes, seeing who I am, who I really am. It's about time, right? Yeah. That's awesome. We're doing it. In our last few minutes, uh, we always like to do a roundup and just uh, see if anyone has any sort of closing thoughts to add. Catherine, I'm going to start with you tonight. Final word? Yeah, I mean, this this was great. And the thing that really struck me about tonight's show was just that there there was some real vulnerability tonight. Not that there there isn't always, but tonight it was, you know, sometimes we, we try to let our guests do a lot of the talking and um, so to hear our own personal feelings about some of the tough stuff that's come up for us in our recovery and in our lives in the last year and, and how we're planning on, you know, moving through that this year, I'm finding that really touching and you see how I'm learning to to connect. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys, you guys are, you know, you've, You've touched my heart always, but particularly tonight. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Oh, thanks, Catherine. Amanda, any final words? My mind is all over the place. I've just been, I really enjoyed tonight's show and just talking with you ladies, and I know I'm really looking forward to, you know, having more talks, and I think it's going to be a ton of fun. So I guess my closing thought is I love you ladies, and I'm really Really looking forward to us all hanging out. It's oh, just been a great experience getting to getting to know you, and I've known Ellie my whole life, and and that was you know having her back and uh, the four of us together is just awesome. I love it. Aw, thanks, Amanda. Me too. You're awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ellie, I'll just you get I'll wax nostalgic one more one more time. I um you know I I loved this show. I love just the. I don't know. I forget that we're actually doing a podcast when we're all talking. It just feels like a really cool phone conversation, and I love that about this show also. Um, but it's impossible for me not to think about where I was a year ago and uh, how much pain and darkness and fear I was in and what kind of obstacles I still had ahead of me, and I never, ever could have imagined, you know, sitting here. It's raining and dark here on a January 4th, uh, 2015, and feeling as much gratitude and peace and, uh, you know, hopefulness as I do tonight and um, do a large part to you guys. So I'll just give a big, huge thank you. Oh, well, Ellie, I'm going to thank you on behalf of, of, you know, each of us and all of our guests and all of our listeners as well because this, this was your brainchild, this show, and it certainly... Um, has gotten me through many, many lonely days of recovery when I felt like there was no one I could talk to or listen to and I could put on a podcast and go for a walk and 
know that I wasn't alone. And um, oh. and so you, you, you've. I know that that my experience is 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 shared by many many people. So you've had a profound impact on uh, on many lives. That that epiphany you had late night is is resonating far and wide and. We're really excited, and who knows what we'll do in 2015, but I think there's beautiful things ahead. I agree. And, um, okay, so before I get all choked up, I'm going to close the show. I want to thank everyone for listening, and I want to tell you listeners, you can learn more about The Bubble Hour on our website, www.thebubblehour.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and on Twitter. And the Bubble Hour is brought to you by our parent organization, Shining Strong, a nonprofit project devoted to recovery advocacy and support. You can learn more about it at shiningstrong.org. Please send us your feedback, your ideas for show topics, or just say hi by emailing us at thebubblehour at gmail.com. And we look forward to learning and growing together with you in the months to come. So from all of us here at the Bubble Hour, a warm, safe, and happy new year. Good night, everybody. Good night, ladies. Love you. Good night, girls. You too. Love you too. Good night. Bye. Bye.